All right, welcome back to Get to the Point with Buddy and Seabear. Uh, it is Thursday night, January the 12th. This is Thursday before Wild Card Weekend. Uh, about to be a fun time in sports. Uh, Colin, it's been a few days. Yeah, more than a few days. Dude, I am pumped about this, man. We got a, we got some good stuff to talk about. And since we haven't been here for a couple of weeks, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But we're going to cover it pretty quickly because there's not a whole lot to say about some of the stuff in here, man. I mean, uh, you want to go ahead and talk about Georgia? I mean, that, I mean, go ahead and talk about it, buddy, because there's not a whole lot to say. Yeah, that may have been the most dominating performance in a national championship game or a championship game of any kind I've ever seen. Um, Georgia ended up winning 65-7. to They made it look easy all night long. They only scored – they scored on every possession except one. Uh, you could, TCU scored to cut it to – 10 to 7 early in the first quarter. And you thought maybe it was going to be a game. And then Georgia just made their way with TCU. They did whatever they wanted to. Do you remember the first play of the game for TCU? Uh, they had a false start. It was a false start. When he moved, did he look confident in what he was doing? Nobody on that entire team looked confident in what they were doing. Okay. Georgia's first play, what happened? False start. Did Georgia's offensive linemen look very confident in their abilities when they fought, when they moved? You made a point. You said you, you made a point. Whenever they whenever they came off the ball, they, they jumped, but it looked like they were trying to put whoever was in front of them in the dirt. And you could tell right. I mean, it's it's kind of it's funny that a false start, two false start penalties can kind of tell you where they're at, but that's exactly what happened. That's it. Like literally, the false start I watched. I'm TCU's. I'm like, they don't look ready to play. By the way he just moved, he was very unconfident, and he is not ready to play. And then you watch yep. Georgia do the same thing after a three and out by TCU. False start on the first play. They looked very confident in their abilities and what they were about to do in this game. But to beat a team like TCU by 58 points. I think you got to throw 2022-2023 Georgia in your top college football team ever. Oh, I completely agree. That's what I was about to ask you. I was, where does it rank? And just say the last 15, 20 years, obviously the first one that comes to mind nowadays is the 2019 LSU team with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. That team was absolutely loaded. Um, then you had a couple of those Alabama teams, the USC teams back in like 04. Texas, um, Miami, but this team was just—you know—they got they got lit up through the air in the semifinal game against Ohio State. But it was almost like that was the absolute best thing that could have happened to them because they were—you could tell that they were locked in from the very beginning of the game. They did have—they had one blown coverage, and that would allow TCU to score their only touchdown in the game a few plays later. But that was it. That was the only mistake they had. They were rotating guys in and out. Their backups were getting back to Doug, and they, they they did whatever they wanted to. I would have to put them in the probably top three or four teams that I've seen. I mean, it's it's nuts. So that we had this talk the other night at the at the camp. We were talking. Are they better than the nineteen Burrow team? You can Man. make an argument that they are, yeah. and you can make an argument that they're not. Yeah, I, I completely agree because you have the defense 
this Georgia defense was better than that LSU defense. 100%. But your main reason is, dude, the, the guys on that LSU team was stupid. I oh, mean, yeah. you had you had your third best receiver was like a second round draft pick. I mean, it, it wasn't. You also had, had to have too. Yeah. He had Elair. He was like the 23rd pick. Twenty? No, he was like 27th to the Chiefs. 23rd. He was a first rounder. Who was the backup running back? I don't remember. But I remember him being pretty daggum good. Yeah, no, he was good. I just can't remember who it was. My mind just went blank. I don't know. But, yeah, no, th- th- this game, it from the very beginning, it just wasn't even fair. And it makes you ask the question, would they, do you think they'd have done the same thing to Michigan? Because, I mean, the way it looked, I think so. The only thing that Michigan would have done better is stop the run. Like, they would have still got torched over the top. But Michigan would have just been strong enough to keep them from eight running eight yards per rush. I mean, that's the only thing you – like, if a team is over five yards per rush against you, you probably didn't win the football game. No. So, I mean, mean, you just look at, like, talent level, it wasn't there for TCU. Strength, it wasn't there for TCU. Overall, football integrity, it wasn't there for TCU. I don't – does the college football committee, did they have to think about the decision they made? I don't – I don't think so. You're going to have all these stupid ass Alabama fans that are saying that they should be, they should have been in because they would have played a closer game. And they're right. They would have played a closer game, but TCU deserved it more than Alabama did. They lost, they lost two games. And I understand that they were close games, but they still didn't find ways to win those games. If they would have, then they'd have been in this position for them to get beat by Georgia. They probably wouldn't get beaten as bad, but I don't know. I, I it's, you know, you're going to hear it because it's Alabama fans. And Ohio State fans were chirping in saying they would have been a better national champion, even though they got beat by Georgia. Because <laughs> Alabama and Ohio State fans are the most insufferable fans in the country. But how so, does how do if you're like a let's just say you're a who's like a USC fan, right? Yeah, and there are very many of those. You lost the you lost the conference championship game. Which made you what? Twelve and two? Eleven and two? Eleven and two. All right. So eleven and two. Do you think as a USC fan that you had a better chance of playing Georgia even though you lost to Tulane? Because I would say yes. I mean, I, I don't know. Matchup. I don't really know, but it's I mean that that's really doesn't make it don't really matter, but I think Georgia would have just run through anybody. They were the best team in the country this year. It wasn't even close. I'm just trying um, to think of another option for Georgia to have played, and maybe it'd been close. Because I don't think I thought, only, I thought I thought the only two that could have played with Georgia was Ohio State and Alabama. They beat Ohio State, and they never got a chance to play Alabama because Alabama didn't find enough find a way to win games they needed to. So I don't really. It doesn't matter. Georgia's the best team in the country. They won a national championship. It was still a disappointing game because it was so lopsided, so quick. But that's but, the deal. that's the kind of the point I'm making. There's nobody that could have played Georgia and it been a decently close game in the fourth quarter. Not the way they were. I, so. I don't think so either. But um, we can carry oh, on. Well. Yeah. So TCU also not only did they lose that game, uh, they are now 
just came out not too long ago. They are losing their offensive coordinator. Garrett, Garrett Riley, who's Lincoln Riley's uh, brother, is now going to Clemson. I don't know if that's going to matter. I mean, I don't think so either for a while at least. Another OC hire, though, this is something for you. Uh, Mississippi State has now is going – will hire um, Kevin Barbe, who was the former offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at App State last year. It's okay. going to be a different look Bulldog offense next year. He was more run heavy than Leach, which, is, which isn't saying a whole lot because everybody is. But they actually had like the 36 – uh, ranked rush, rushing offense in the country last year, which would be kind of probably more back to what you as a Mississippi State fan has grown up on. But it's going to be a lot different than what you've seen the last few years. I don't know how I feel about this, just based off how App State performed this year. I mean, in the in the Sun Belt, they were 6-6 six and six in conference play. They beat Troy, which was a good Troy team. Um, they beat them early, though. Lost to Texas State. They did beat A and M. They did beat A and M, but they. I mean, you look at this November. Like, lost to Coastal Carolina by a touchdown. Lost to Marshall by a touchdown. Lost to Georgia Southern by a field goal. I mean, those all three of those teams were good teams. I would say all three of those teams were good teams, but I I understand what you're saying. I just and it's probably like offense coordinator probably doesn't have a lot of say in the offense, especially App State, where that that coach has been there for a really long time, hasn't he? No, he's only been there for a few years because, remember, Drinkwitz left there a few years ago to go to Missouri. That's right. So, I don't know, man. I'll I'll be interested to see what it's going to be. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's concerning for Will Rogers just because I don't know how much he fits a run-heavy offense. But, I mean, we'll see. There'll be plenty of time to figure it out. Uh, He'll have a full year to get try to get some of his guys. He's still got some good – players on the offense you still you're coming off of a bowl win which is a good a big momentum thing so i don't know we'll see what happens so let's say you're will rogers right now because you know parsons is already on campus yep you're will rogers offense coordinator comes in unless in the maroon and white game parsons has a better game and you can tell the offense fits parsons better than will rogers does will rogers transfer no, I don't think he does. Okay. I don't That's think so. Asking. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, well, speaking of Mississippi State, let's move over into basketball. Uh, a few weeks ago, we felt pretty good about our teams. Uh, Ole Miss started out 6-0. and The Dogs started out, what, 11-0? and uh, Now we started SEC play. The Revs have lost five straight games in eight of the last ten. We can't score. It's really, really pretty bad. And I don't know. We're dead last in the SEC right now. Second to last in the SEC right now are the Bulldogs because they've lost three of their first four SEC games, and their only win was over the lowly Rebels. See, what's going on? Do Do you want my, like, betting perspective or do you want my fan perspective? I want your fan perspective, honestly. Oh. We can't shoot from anywhere. Same. Same. So we here's the deal, right? We can't shoot threes. Um, everybody just fouls us when we get layups. Yep, because you can't shoot free throws. Can't shoot free throws. I mean, it's it, it's pretty I, bad right now for 
buddy, I can't even watch a game. I can't. It's it every time and every time somebody makes a shot on Mississippi State, it don't even like it could be a two, like a layup. It's like oh fuck, here we go. Like how are we gonna yeah. get two points? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's it's not it's not very good. So last night, oh, so yeah, after just a few weeks ago, talk about it, dude. It was terrible. Going through so bad. As bad as Ole Miss is, I can just say Ole Miss is bad and it works. But State is a good team, but they just can't score right now. Um, right now, let's see, they went 7 of 22 from the free throw line last night. That is 32% from the line, which is really just unacceptable. You can't do that and win games. I mean, you just can't. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk. Like, I'm just so tired of even thinking about it. It's, I – to, I bet on Mississippi State last night to win that game in Georgia. Yeah. We should have gotten beat by 50. If Georgia was competent, they would have beat us by at least 20. But they yeah, can't shoot good. either. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's, we'll stop talking about that because I'm tired of it too. One thing Ooh. about – another one thing about college basketball, Alabama's really, really good. They went into Fayetteville last night and beat Arkansas by 15. That game was tied at halftime. Alabama was tied at halftime. And then Alabama runs off and outscores them. They just put up 51 in the second half to beat them by 15. Yeah, Alabama's really good. So NCAA basketball future. Yeah, you're going to have Alabama to lose a couple games in the SEC, hammer them to win the national title. But wait for them to lose a couple games in the SEC because right now you're getting an overinflated number. Like, it's – not realistic number right now. Wait for them to lose a couple games. Hammer them to win the national title. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's about it for college basketball. Uh, huge week in the NFL this week. This is the super wild card weekend. It's the first time we're going to have six games because they added an extra team to um, an extra wild card team this year. First, I do want to start here, though, uh, we did the podcast last Monday night, right before the Monday night game started. Uh, so we didn't get to talk about the DeMar Hamlin injury. Um, first of all, it was it was an incredible thing to see how everybody responded to that. It was a horrible thing. Um, it was terrifying. You saw it on the faces of all the players there. But you're just thankful that um, he's made it. You're thankful for the um, – the athletic trainers who really brought him back because his heart stopped. Uh, you know, it was a, it was really cool to see the NFL community and honestly just the whole country come around DeMar Hamlin. Um, it's great to see he's recovered. It looks like he's going to be able to recover back to full strength. He's He got uh, released from the hospital, I think, either today or yesterday, which is awesome. Um, you know – that game in Buffalo this weekend is going to be wild because it won't surprise me if he shows up, and that would be really, really cool. He def- he's definitely going to show up. He's going to be a part of it in some way. If He's, he's going to like probably be sitting in a, with the freaking owner somewhere in a club seat. But – Yeah. So, yeah, it's terrible, but it happened on like a – Almost like what you would call like a non-contact play almost. No, it was definitely a contact play. I think what it was is – I mean, I'm speculating here. I have no idea. Um, he got hit 
in the by his shoulder, like right in the chest. And they say that there's some kind of thing where if you get hit really hard in the chest in a, in a certain part of your breathing cycle, uh, it will cause your heart just to go into cardiac arrest. It's I think it's more common in like baseball players, like especially pitchers or stuff like that, because a ball will come up and hit you in the chest. Um, but no, it was it was crazy to see that on national TV on arguably the biggest game in the regular season. Man, that's just to think back to that night and those players, man. That's what I keep thinking about. What like those players crying on the field? Like you never see that. Yeah, I just missed it. I'd heard somebody say something about how there was um, the trainers were on there, and it, you could tell that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were like concerned. And I went and looked, and I the first thing I saw was Josh Allen in tears, and I'm like, oh no, I didn't know what had happened. I thought that my first reaction was I thought he'd hit his head, he broke his neck, um, and it being actually could have been worse. Um, but thankfully, he's I think he's going to be healthy. He's going to be okay. Uh, still praying for the recovery and the rest of the road to um, back to health. Um, but speaking of kind of a direct um, result of that injury, they didn't finish the game, so that put the Bills. I think they. I don't even know if they gave them a tie or not. That get, put them in the two seed instead of being the one seed. Today they announced that Atlanta, the Falcons, would be set to host a potential. Um, Bills and Chiefs AFC Championship game. They wanted to do it at a neutral site because they, the Bills were in line to have the one seed, and they lost it. So they're going to do it at a neutral site. If they face each other in the AFC Championship game, that's going to be in Atlanta, which is going to be really weird. That's going to be wild. But I will say this. The Bills, I think, would be more prepared for that because you remember earlier in the year, they had to play a home game in Detroit because there was so much snow. So they've kind of been through this already this year. Kansas City hasn't. That's a good point. That's going to – if that happens, I mean, that's, a, that's what, two or three football games away? Yes. yes. So, I mean, we still got a lot of football to play, but – Oh, yeah, the Bills are still going to have to go – the Bills will still have to play Cincinnati. Uh, and the Chiefs are going to have to play somebody. I mean, potentially the Chargers, the Jags. It's going to be that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, you I don't think there's – both of these fan bases, you know they're going to travel. Oh, absolutely. Both of these fan bases are absolute insane. Like, they're just insane yeah. people. You, yeah, you got Chiefs Kingdom and Bills Mafia. They're going to travel. It's going to be like a – it's almost going to be like a bowl game. This is going to be electric. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. If I was um, one of those people that walked around on YouTube, like, talking to drunk people at sports games, this would be like a – like, if this game happens – this is top of the list. Absolutely. You can yeah. get – I'm talking about content for months going to this freaking thing. <laughs> These people are – This is if this happens, this is going to be insane. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, so kind of a little bit of a – speaking of college and the pros, it's kind of – the um, former commissioner of the Big Ten, Kevin Warren, is going to be leaving that position to become the president and the CEO for the Chicago Bears. Uh, he's going to have a lot to deal with because, you know, the Bears are thinking about moving out of Chicago because of the stadium's in such bad shape. Um, I don't know. It's it, They're talking about building a brand-new stadium, but that's going to be a lot of money, and it's going to be a lot not easy to do. What do you, I mean, what do you think about Warren coming over? 
I don't know how a big a college guy. Yeah, but he's not necessarily like an AD. He's he's been in a very in a leadership role, like for as a commissioner for a while. Um, he's had to make some tough decisions. He was one of the big ones that remember back during COVID. He kind of canceled the Big Ten before he got kind of pressured back in to bring it back. Um, so I don't know if he's necessarily be good for it, but we'll see what happens. I think the Bears are in a interesting spot here because they have the number one pick coming up this in the draft. Um, they have Justin Fields, who's played, I thought, a lot better this year. He just what, didn't have anything around him. I don't know. We'll see what happens. The Bears are basically in a spot. Back's against the wall. I got to go. I got to punch something. And this is one of those hires. If it works out, you look like a genius. If it doesn't, everybody kind of thought it wasn't going to work out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the yeah. Bears can come out of this one looking looking like the Bears, but better either way, essentially. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to think, uh, if, they, if they fire this dude and get rid of – they're going to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if he sucks, he's going to be better than that guy, so – yeah, no, I agree. Uh, one more thing, one more story we're going to get to before we get into the wild card weekend actual games. Uh, Derek Carr today wrote, I don't know if you saw it, but wrote one of those notes on the notes app and put it out, basically thanking the Raiders fans, uh, basically saying goodbye to Las Vegas and the Raiders because he knows that he's not going to get brought back. So, I, I mean, you hate to see it because he wanted to be a Raider for forever. You're not the biggest fan of him, I know, but uh, uh, it's, it's it sucks for somebody who wanted to play there for his whole career to get to go out the way he's going out. Derek Carr's a dumbass. Well, <laughs> I just I can't do. I hate that dude, man. I didn't even say. Well, I mean, at least he put some thought. I mean, he it's it's at least two picks, two screenshots. You know what I'm saying? I think he really meant it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But oh, on well. the notes app, bro, you couldn't get you couldn't on the notes app, dude. Freaking edit something. The, the the notes app is one of the most. I hate I hate whenever I see a bunch of stuff like that because you know it's just going to be some BS. But oh well. Dude. All right, let's get into Wild Card Weekend. Um, <laughs> first game, we got an old rivalry game. I don't know. It's not really that much of a rivalry anymore. But Saturday afternoon at 3.30 on Fox, we're going to have the first wild card game. we got the Seahawks um, at the 49ers. Niners are favored by 10. Uh, they're the better team. But I don't know. The Seahawks can, aren't a bad team, but I, I, I don't think they're going to be able to hang with the 49ers right now. So who's the better quarter? Who do you, who do you think has a better quarterback? Uh, you could make the argument either way for the way Brock Purdy's played this year. Yeah, Brock Purdy's played really well. Um, I said a few weeks ago they give him three or four games and they'll, most defenses will figure him out. He's played six and he's played really well in all of them. So I'm not going to say he's better than Geno because Geno's been there. Uh, but I will say that the team around Purdy makes him way I – think, I think he's a better situation here. Not only is the team better around him, but there was some news that came out earlier today that Debo Samuel will be playing in this game. He is activated. 
he is back. I think that kind of tells you what's going to happen. Yeah, just the the scheme that Shanahan's going to put together. Oh gosh, yeah, because this will be the first. This will be the first game Shanahan has where he has Christian McCaffrey, who's now been in the system for a few weeks, not coming off of just three days on the team, and a healthy Debo. That's terrifying if you're the Seattle. Yeah, but here's the thing. You don't have film on really either one of them with the whole play. Together. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's not a bad time to look at the 49ers, but what worries me, man, is I genuinely do think that Geno Smith is a – in this situation, I think he's the better quarterback. Playoffs, just kind of been there before. I think he's the better in the better situation. I do think the 49ers coaching, athletes, scheme, all that is way better than the Seahawks. So I'm in this kind of weird spot where I think 10 points is a lot. I've seen it bet down to nine and a half. I'm in that weird spot. Yeah, I think I think it's a lot, but I think the 49ers will win. I think so, um, too. Yeah. So the next game, the only game on Saturday, uh, this is one that I've really been interested in. So you got the Chargers going to Jacksonville, playing the Jaguars. That's going to be Saturday night at 7.15 on NBC. The Jaguars are the hottest team in the league right now. And, I mean, and then not only that, it, Justin Herbert, he's been in the league a little bit longer, but this is him and Trevor Lawrence's first playoff game. It's going to be a really, really good game. I think so. The spread right now, the Chargers are favored by a point and a half, which is not a lot. Thinking, If you just told me a few weeks ago that the Chargers would be favored by only one and a half over the Jaguars, I would have said you're crazy. But the Jaguars have really played well lately. Not only that, a huge question mark for San, for not San Diego, Los Angeles now. Uh, Mike Williams did get hurt in week 18. He's questionable for this game. That would be a huge loss if he's not able to play. I don't know, though, because I, I feel like it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect the offense. It's going to affect the efficiency of the offense. I don't know if Justin Herbert is prepared to play a game like this. We've said it multiple times this year that Jacksonville is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. They haven't, uh, they haven't seen a playoff game in – I know two seasons. I think not only there's been a playoff game in Jacksonville for sure since probably the AFC Championship game back in – no, 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 it wasn't AFC Championship. The game before that, before they got to the AFC Championship, I think that was 2017. And that was 10 right? Yeah. No, he wasn't, he wasn't ever with um, – oh. that was Blake Bortles. Bortles, that's who it was. Yeah. I just I think I'm not, I don't think that the Chargers are going to go out there and just smoke the Jack the Jaguars. I don't think the Jaguars are just going to go out there and smoke the Chargers. It's going to be one of those games that it really comes down to coaching. So who do you think is the better coach? Doug Pearson. That's what I, I was going to say. And he's it's in Jacksonville, man. Like these people are going to be fired up. And so it, I have a hard time, but Vegas knows what they're doing, man. Like, they're not stupid for leaving the Chargers as a favorite the whole time. They're not stupid. Oh, I know. Um, it's a tough game. No, I, that, that's, this is one of my the ones I'm really looking forward to the most, in my opinion. But we will see what happens. 
Um, so the next game, next game we have, we just talked about it for a second. You got the Dolphins in Buffalo against the Bills. Bills are favored by thirteen by thirteen points. Uh, we already talked about the Demar Hamlin thing. I think that that's going to just get them even more fired up than they already would be. Not only that, today came out some news. Um, Tua has been ruled out for this game, um, still in concussion protocol. It looks like rookie Skylar Thompson is going to start. This spread is 13, and I don't think it's going to be even that close. It's that's a lot of points. Well, since since uh, the Tua news came out, it actually went from 13 to 13 and a half, so it's already gone up a half a point. Um, I, I don't know. This is going to be a route, in my opinion. That's going to be Sunday at twelve at twelve o'clock Central Time on CBS. I don't think it's going to be close. The Dolphins have lost four of the last five. It's it's not looking good. They played two really good games this year. I they mean, have one game and a three point game, but two has been in both of those. Two has been in both of them, and two have played well in both of them. And Tua is not going to be on that field. So here's a solid question. If you're if you are the Dolphins management, how pissed off are you at Teddy Bridgewater right now? Well, he's hurt. He can't really do a whole lot about it, but I mean Pinky. Well, I mean You could cut my pinky off right now with a butter knife. I'd go out there and throw a football forty yards. Yeah, it's not as easy as you think. I mean, it might not be perfect. It might be a duck. It might not be perfectly to you at 40 yards, but it will go 40 yards. Yeah, well, not perfectly to you at 40 yards is an interception in the NFL, which is worse. Yeah, but he's also an NFL quarterback. I just think if if I'm the Dolphins' management right now, I'm like, dude, you have a broken pinky. Can you not just, like, figure this thing out? Can you tape it to your other finger and not really use it? Yeah, no, I understand. I, it just like Because you, you got him for this reason. If Tua can't play in a playoff game, I need Teddy Bridgewater because he's a decent enough quarterback. You're right. I agree. But it's – I mean, they are – I think they already announced Skylar Thompson's going to start. I think the Bills are going to win this one handily. I, it's it's hard to disagree with you. It really is because yep. I don't think Skylar Thompson's going to do anything. No. Not against the Bills' defense. Nope. Um, Another game I'm really looking forward to here, you got the Giants against the Vikings. That's going to be 3.30 on Sunday on Fox. This, I don't know, this might be the upset of the wild card weekend. You know it's going to happen. You know it's going to come from somewhere. I think this might be it. The Vikings are only favored by three right now. Um, I don't know. The Vikings haven't been respected all year. They've been in close games all year, and they found way to, found ways to win these close games all year. Eventually, their luck's going to run out. Yeah, and the last five games in division play, because you think this game, this is a division type game. It's the New York Giants. Like they play yeah. that style of football. They lost to Green Bay by 24. They lost to Detroit by 11. The Giants are, and I, I agree with you 100%. If you're looking to pick that one team that has the best chance to beat a favorite, it's the Giants. Yeah. This is the only game that's really. You can look at Jacksonville, but I think there's another game that I think will be interesting, but we'll get there in just a second. It's in Minnesota, Um, man. I think it's a pick them still. I think if it's in New York, I think the Giants are a favorite. Yeah, no, I think so too. 
most time, boy, they give three points to the home team anyway. So that's really like a pick them if it was a neutral side game. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. It, it, I'm I'm excited to watch that game. That's going to be um, a good football game. It may not be good, but it's going to be a close one. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the next game we got is Sunday night, seven fifteen on NBC. This is a rematch from just last week. Uh, the Ravens are going to Cincinnati and playing the Bengals. Uh, Bengals are favored. Earlier today, they were favored by nine and a half. Still favored by nine and a half, but news came out that Lamar Jackson will not be playing this game. I don't think. I don't think that the Ravens have much of a chance. They did say that um, Huntley will be is doing what he can to try to get back into this game, but it's it's not looking good for Baltimore. No, but somebody likes him. I guess, I mean, enough for it to be a 27% bet, 54% money. Somebody had to have hammered him a couple times. Yeah. What worries me about nine and a half points is they just played last week. Yeah, I agree. It's not, I don't like the fact that they played just – I mean, the same exact team a week ago. Uh, but I still think that Burrow and the Bengals are going to run through them. I, I, think it'll, I don't know if they'll cover, but I think they'll win. I mean, Cincinnati didn't cover last week. They won by eleven. Yeah. Didn't cover. No, they, no, they, they did. They did cover last week. They were fair by nine last week. Okay, so if you got if you bought it right, then they cover. So what do you? I mean, I, I I can't lay nine and a half points in a playoff game where they just played last last week. So I probably won't bet it honestly. So I don't like the Ravens' chances here. Yeah, me either. Um, one more th- one more game, last game of the uh, weekend. It's a Monday night game on ESPN 715. This is the other one I'm interested in. Uh, you got the Dallas Cowboys going to Tampa and taking on the Buccaneers. The, the boys are favored by two and a half right now, but I don't know. Dak's really struggling lately. He's throwing an interception in seven straight games, which is not good, especially come playoff time. Market move. On what's on today's Thursday, but Tuesday, the market moved on Tuesday from two and a half to three and a half. Um, in what is that less than in 17 seconds, in less than 20 seconds, it had already gone back down to two and a half. Yeah. Uh, this I feel like is that spot where Brady does what Brady does, and would not surprise me a bit if the Bucks upset the Cowboys. That's just I've kind of been saying. Yeah, this is a spot where Brady is just—he's so familiar with it. Um, Dak really isn't. I mean, he's won what one playoff game in six years now, and for him not to be playing good football right now, mm-hmm. that does not benefit him at all. No, because this this Bucks defense is still a good defense. They're not great, yeah. but they're a good defense. Here's the thing that I think would absolutely terrify me if I'm a cow if I'm a Cowboys fan. You've been waiting on it all year long, but next thing you know, week 18, you finally see it. Brady and Evans really get into it together because Mike Evans what went for 210 yards and three touchdowns. You've been waiting on that all year. They they hit some deep balls, and if they if those two can stay locked in, 
the Cowboys secondary is in a lot of trouble because Diggs, he's known for his interceptions, but the dude can't cover. That literally was my point. How does a, that that core, that that backer core, they don't get the job done against Brady? No. Well, Brady gets the ball out so quick. There's not like they're gonna be able to get to him and get that much pressure on him. When did Brady join the Bucks? In nineteen? I think so. Bucks are three and zero against Dallas yeah. since Brady's been there. So that it's just you cannot let you can't lay points here with Dallas. It's one of those situations, just like with the Vikings, right? I'm not laying points with either one of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so that kind of covers it for the wild card weekend. Almost done. Sea Bear. Unfortunately, we were not able to carry in the good luck of the lock of the week into the new year. For some reason, we went against Motor City. Dan Campbell and the Lions came back and bit us in the ass because they they beat the the Packers just to, out of spite to keep them out of the playoffs. It was um, we're doing. We're throwing hook and ladders on third and seven with while you're up four or up three. It was wild, but I loved it. Um, it was kind of what you expected out of the lines. And so we finally had a loss in the lock of the week, but we're looking to get it back, get it, the mojo back going. See, bro, who is your lock of the week for this one? It's the Giants, man. Giants plus three, take the points. It's the value play. That's value. If you're gonna take, if you're gonna look at a money line, you look at the bucks first, because it's just a, off pure value. The fact that you're getting three points in Minnesota, that's where you go. That's the first one you look at. All right. So, Sea Bears lock of the week is the New York Giants plus three in Minnesota. Uh, it'll be, it's gonna be a fun wild card weekend. I'm, I'm really excited for it, and we'll have a lot to talk about on Monday. So. That's going to be it for today. We're not going to, we're going to try not to make y'all wait as long as we did this week. Uh, got a little busy this past week. We got college baseball coming up soon. We're going to have a couple previews when Ole Miss and Mississippi State in a few weeks uh, as we get closer to the season. Uh, but we're about to get in the full swing of things in the NFL, the playoffs. College basketball is really getting into it. College football just ended. Uh, so we're going to have a lot more time to talk about some basketball, some, some, um, uh, baseball in a couple of weeks golf's getting started back um john rom came back from a big deficit the other day in the century tournament champions to win the first tournament of the new year um we're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about uh so see bear i'm excited for the next few weeks next few months uh so i will come back see y'all on monday right before we go i want to ask you one question it doesn't, it doesn't have to be how – what's the one thing you want to see Ole Miss improve? How can they improve from last year that would make you like, okay, good? Baseball? Yeah. Um, I would like to see a little more plate discipline. We struck out way too many times last year. Um, we got a lot of young guys in the pitching rotation. I would like to get an idea of who that rotation is going to be by the time we start SEC play because we start off with a tough slate at the beginning of the SEC play um so no i mean i think play discipline and get an idea of what the rotation is going to be for us yeah 
You know, you already know what Mississippi State's got to do. You already know. All you got to do is stay healthy. Stay healthy and get somebody in the bullpen that you can trust. That's exactly. two big things. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see you all Monday. Um, good show, Seabear. We'll talk again soon. We'll figure out this. Uh, we'll talk about the NFL playoffs. Thank you all for joining. Get to the point with Buddy and Seabear. See you all Monday.